Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you May 27th, 2023 This is episode 56 And I am, um doing a a second installment this evening because I'm realizing that uh, as the temperature's getting extremely hot again that these these may be some of um, <laughs> some of the last very very enjoyable very comfortable evenings to um, before my my ears are melting out my brain again and who knows how much sense I will be able to make at that point. So, so I may as well um, get a few, express a few thoughts as, as best as I can while I'm able to enjoy this process. And um, something that I had been playing with, I mean, half of the fun for me of even doing this show now without without having it be a um, it's it's not it's not affected by any pressure to be commercialized and it's basically for me at this point um It's a very it's, a, it's just a very personal kind of um, journaling on honestly about what I'm what I am what I'm experiencing as I evolve in this project and this site and and then how I'm processing. this journey of of rewilding and actually living the the dream that i that i wished for for most of my my teens and, and 20s and 30s the dream was to be financially free enough to break out of the matrix break out of the city own some land and just live that quintessential back to the land American dream and um, and just make it work even even if uh, you didn't have a pot to piss in even if you didn't have two pennies to rub together great depression style back to the land ethic 
and I'm actually way behind where they were at because they actually knew how to build things and actually were closer to being agrarian farming peoples. Um, so being a city, I mean, I'm, I wasn't a total city slicker, city slicker because I've, I've been a professional permaculture designer and I did grow up in the Northwest. So, you know, but I wasn't, I wasn't an army ranger and I wasn't a farmer and I wasn't a boy scout. So in a lot of ways, I was a working class city slicker who maybe, who got, who very late got into later in in late 20s mid to late 20s got very serious about about permaculture and and um so yeah it wasn't i mean it, it should have been more intrinsic to my upbringing however for a lot of reasons sadly it wasn't even though it was like um, it should have been so intrinsic but it it's another it's another long story why that tragically didn't didn't get um, established in my upbringing. So for all intents and purposes, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not the least skilled city slicker to go back to the land, but I'm not the most either. So, This medium has just been a way for me to um, talk about what it's been like to live that dream and not have a lot of um, not have a lot of uh, margin for error, shall we say, financially, and and there being pretty high stakes in terms of. Just it's it has to work and and I, I don't have a there is no the only alternative to me making it work out here in the desert on this land is Skid Row back in LA where I came from, where I literally was living right before I came out here. And it wasn't because I was so drug infested and mentally ill that I couldn't hold a job. I was working and I was part of the vehicle dwelling upwardly mobile or what I would now call outwardly mobile, outwardly socially mobile working class. And I found safe niches (laughs) because to me in that world of living in the city in your vehicle, you got to worry about cops, zombified homeless people, because I don't think all homeless people are are threats, are threatening, but we'll just say zombified in the sense of the ones who are. So zombified homeless people, pretty much all cops, gangsters and yuppies. So someday I might make a game that's like Pac-Man or something where you have to move around a maze that's like how do you that's like the story of me getting out of the city and what I found the way that I would hide from those forces was 
I don't want to give away the exact coordinates because I don't want to burn the spot and like ruin it. But you know, some people they they you know uh, boondocking sort of um, van life people they got their home they got all their trade secrets and everything but most of it's out and so main thing is like the big box store parking lots stuff like that to me that wasn't that wasn't um feasible for my my for the work life that i was maintaining and i wanted to be even more sort of like remote so well anyway i would find ways just to put it to put it my the niche that i carved out for myself was was finding out where where truckers with semi trucks would where where would they congregate outside of bona fide truck stops because no one fucks with them for sleeping in their vehicle in fact it, they're mandated they they don't have a choice and like wherever they go to park and sleep maybe they're violating some parking restrictions but they tend to not and whatever it is they find a balance and because they do it in in these niches and whatnot they there it's it's a and it's a subculture onto itself so for me that was um that was something that that kept me alive but basically like i think i lost a lot of my hearing <laughs> due due to uh to camping out in a vehicle much smaller next to some of those big rigs and having their diesel engines that ran 24-7 to keep the AC on them, the dude sleeping. And I think I ground my inner ear, uh, those tiny little bones of my inner, inner ear into dust. And I think I will have tinnitus because of it. So I think about like what's waiting for me if I fail in this living the 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 back to the land American dream in 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 the the modern world and for me it's um even though I have you know a, a decent resume uh I'm not I'm not about to go and try to pay rent somewhere and I don't and I I own land now in in uh in very remote rural context unincorporated rural context i'm not going to go and be a um, a wage slave and a a victim of of uh of of the theft that is rent you know and, and whatnot so so if i had to go back like if i had to, to capitulate for some reason either for medical or financial reasons from doing this experiment of extreme austerity then it's back to skid row and it ain't and it ain't gonna be pretty now it's gonna be more exponentially more dangerous than it was before the pandemic and it was dangerous enough but i somehow managed to be lucky and skillful with enough luck and skill i managed to get out alive but the point was to get out it wasn't to stay there forever and the thing is if i go from from now where i'm at now it's not like i'm gonna go back oh if i oh i have to i have to capitulate on the my my back to the land dream so i think i'll just go back and rent an apartment no that's not happening that's not happening because i i i would never um do that to my future self in terms of just 
completely evaporate my 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 investable wealth into that that um, farce, that delusion. And I don't mean to put anybody down who's in that. I mean, if you have a family, you got to do what you got to do. It's not legal for you to, in in a lot of ways, it wouldn't be ethical or legal or sustainable for you to. Well, some people do it, you know, they could live in a, a bus or live in a trailer or whatever, but I'm just trying to say, I'm not trying to put any judgment on anyone else. I'm just saying for me personally, there is no tapping out and calling time out and going back to the city and like living in any kind of comfort, even if it's minim- bare minimum, like that's not an option at all. I will be living in a vehicle on Skid Row until that vehicle broke down. And then I will be living in a broke down vehicle on Skid Row. And I will be having to grow eyes in the back of my head again. And I would be trying to, yeah, be in this game of, of, of hiding from yuppies, cops, gangsters, and zombified homeless people. Because I'm not going to try to integrate with anybody under any circumstance. And... Uh, now more than ever i would say i'm a i'm a i'm a lone wolf and i like to keep it that way so i'm going to be out here and i'm going to be enjoying this process of just telling the story about what it means to be to have made it out or made it out of this is john carpenter sci-fi material as much as it is Thoreau, as much as it is um, Philip K. Dick or Kafka, I mean, the, the, the stuff that I've endured to get here, I could be writing those types of novels about. And because while I consider myself to be a decent writer, it's just a lot easier for me just to to ramble. So, so here I am rambling. <laughs> Love it or leave it. But what I what I do like to do is I like to... I mean, I like to ramble, but I also like to, um, from this position of not having to worry about offending sponsors and not having to worry about really offending almost anybody, I can, I'm very free to to exercise my my right to free speech which is what, which is what I'm here to do but uh, I have a lot of free time now more than ever to really have this to have taste in terms of what I consume in my diet of intellectual feasting that I that I do if I dare say so myself and hey Maybe I'm a total um, Joe Sixpack armchair wannabe poser intellectual, or maybe maybe I'm in league with some of the, the great philosophers. I don't really care. To me, I'm entertaining myself and I will I will put in some effort to make it potentially entertaining for others in the sense of feeling like it's the least I can do to give back 
and to pay respects to all of the um, all of my influences. When I say John Carpenter and Philip K. Dick and whatnot, it's like I I, I think more and more as I'm able to appreciate more and more with this arc of life and the more this this freer time and space that I'm in to really think about like what built me through all the stages of development and so much of it is these sci-fi the sci-fi hero's journey of adversity that's really mind-bending adversity and not the most um heroic heroes even or not the most um (laughs) one-dimensional characters that that are that that play the protagonist so for me yeah like i have a pretty um in some ways dark past and and i had to overcome a lot of adversity to get to a point of wanting to start over and whatnot but here i am and so what i what I feel like is uh, on point with arriving at my age and arriving at like, for me, I'm like, well, if I'm rel- relatively financially free and I have this platform that is my off-grid, off-road, but still significantly online, solar-powered character like and I can I have basically I have no excuse I can't blame a boss or blame a spouse or blame anybody blame a a a prison warden like a cold eater I can't blame anybody but myself for who I am and how I behave and what I think and what I know it's still all at my fingertips all the knowledge in the world so I'm that's what I say I'm going to try to try to become and and um, use my organic non-artificially intelligent processing power my organic chips <laughs> that I still have running to sort of to be a part of the uh, the fabric of my one thread in this fabric of the history of humanity and in the history of the American experiment and give back in a sense, at least philosophically, intellectually, I'm giving, I'm giving all I can back to this, to this land, to the, to the wildlife, to the ecosystem. And hopefully that'll last many thousands of years beyond my death. I don't know how immortal any of my thoughts will be, in this format but but the intention for me now is like yeah I I feel like I lived a John Carpenter Philip K. Dick life and it's no surprise to me either because I I made it that way or because they predicted that that's just what it was that's just going to be rites of passage for your generation you growing up in the 80s watching 80s sci-fi watching men in their 20s, 30s, and 40s go through what, you're, what you were going to go through in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. That was the training simulator was those works. So now I feel like I did live that arc. I did live 
very much so the arc of the characters that would have come out of those just yeah William Gibson Philip K. Dick John Carpenter I, I would like to think that <laughs> that that uh that either because it was just uh, because I'm a victim of circumstance I I played a character I played the the what do they call it a um I was the the character actor or the uh I can't remember what that term is but they say basically you're type oh yeah typecast or whatever I think that's the word but it's like either because I I trained on their material so much so that I would be I mean I like the idea that you'll be given the mission that whether spiritually or militarily or whatever like you'll be given the mission that you are most qualified for that you train for and that you're that that you're appropriate for because of your qualifications for it so whatever that might be and if it's like you want to be the person that gets to do that thing well what does that person who gets to do that thing get chosen for either by spiritual forces or by administrative human forces but to me i didn't i i wouldn't have wanted to be rich i wouldn't have wanted to to be um have an easier life i I I wouldn't have had it any other way than the the sort of sci-fi protagonist mind-bending adversity that that makes life in, into an adventure and that it doesn't <laughs> that anybody can have you know anybody and it's like the more the more financial resources you have, the harder it becomes to not just be having a contrived adventure. So the poorer you are, and I come from the working class and poverty and the streets and some not the bottom of the bottom, but certainly very, very, very far from the top in the middle. And so making a adventure out of adversity that's as entertaining and thrilling enough to not end your own life or really just live in total misery it's not exciting and it's a dead end you know to me i've always managed to keep life exciting and not feel like it was a dead end and even if that meant having not so much stability not so much not so many financial resources but to me that was the trade-off and it's worth it and now at this time the way i want to the way i want to live that character that that i have um co-evolved with as a what do you call it a, a product of my of my environment as much as i'm I, yeah whatever that percentage is of of being a victim of circumstance or product of environment or 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 me consciously and subconsciously engineering my environment to push me to become 
to to be to be forced into the situations of adversity that would force me to problem solve and to build teams and to sometimes be a loner and to just outwit and to be the underdog and the rebel and all of those things that are that are quintessential to those those sci-fi archetypes whether yeah nature or nurture here it is and here I am and I have plenty of stories to tell about that I've already told about what got me to this point but now I'm at the point where I'm 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 at this very um in the Maslow's hierarchy I'm at this stage where no life ain't that easy in fact it's harder in some ways than it's ever been the elements living in this relationship with raw nature where the gloves are off with the with the 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 cold and the heat and the critters and the wind and capturing rainwater because your life depends on it and your food having to grow otherwise you will die of some nutrition i mean it's yeah because that's that's the that's that's the um when i say on the maslow's hierarchy i'm not like living in the clouds and i'm high up in the maslow's hierarchy because i have all these servants and because i'm so rich it's like no i still like every day i every day that maslow's hierarchy the lower levels of it that's me busting my ass and having my ass handed to me by the elements every every day so that i can experience those higher levels of the maslow's hierarchy but not because like i'm fat and happy and and lazy you know um I'm actually, I earn every every level of that Maslow's hierarchy that I'm standing on, but I am standing on a point where it's like, yeah, if I, you know, if I do it correctly, then I do have that ancestral equation of like the four-hour work week kind of a thing. So I can spend a lot of time thinking, studying, a, a healthy dream life, a healthy, a healthy, deep sleep life, wake up when I feel like it chase dreams as long as i feel like it and have that that form of richness that's free but it's freedom it's 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 free from a price tag but the price tag is you got to not have to work you got to be you got to be freed from the 9 to 5 and the alarm clock to have the free things like waking up when you feel like it and enjoying a dream sequence that you can fall back into numerous times throughout a throughout an arc of 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 sleep and whatnot so anyway i mean what am i doing with all of this actualization self-actualization is the word well, because a lot of that sort of grit and adversity and danger that you would get from a sci-fi novel is, is like uh, is embedded in just the circumstance of doing permaculture in the wild. Like to me, I feel like the formula that I've distilled about what it takes to be 
sane and happy. Certainly, I'll speak from as a as a man who is whatever for me. I'm I'm speaking as a man. I don't know what I, I'm not speaking for any other man, but I'm saying that I am a man, and I'm comfortable with that. And I will say that for me, my manhood is such that. I have, you know, a lot of people have their their recipe for whatever. For me, it's like I realize it's this: it's danger and romance. And maybe somebody already has the dot com. Someone wrote the book. It's already a play and a movie and a screenplay and whatever else. I'm not trying to capitalize on it or trademark it or whatever. But I'm not trying to build a cult around it or anything. But I will say that. Everybody has their own. Certainly, I would dare to say that I think most men. I will, I'm not saying that I'm not not to be sexist, but I I I just don't know. I don't I I don't know. I don't want to project this on on women. So I'm going to say it's safer for me to extrapolate this sentiment. About masculinity, and say, if you, yeah, if you face no adversity, you don't have. I like what someone said once. It's like, you, 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 you have to learn to kill the monster without becoming the monster, and that is the path of the. Of that, that is that is the path of 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 using this male aggressive potentially very destructive and violent and 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 to- potentially toxic energy and actually making it constructive to where it builds you and doesn't just destroy you and destroy others so yeah the danger part but then some dudes that's all they pursue is that impulse which means they want to be the most intimidating person they want to be put themselves in the most danger and so there's plenty of institutions that that fuel that fire to the detriment of their development in the other department which is romance and um it's not about scores and getting laid and conquests and all that locker room bs which is still part of just another expression of competing in the male dominance hierarchy as trying to be the the ultimate alpha male or whatever and danger just being the sort of um whatever it is like whatever it is that you crush in pursuit of being number 1 or whatever but i think you're missing out a lot to not develop the uh i mean dead poet society was such an important part of my evolution and i i can't now recently watching it again for the first time in actually quite a while i realize i can't believe how lucky i am to have had that in my collection as a 9 10-year-old and just to have it be so magical and beautiful and exhilarating and exciting for me as a work of a masterpiece of cinematic art that 
that it was such a big part of my heart and it was such a big part of my expectation for myself that I was that I was not going to be even though I wanted to be competitive and athletic and I was competitive and athletic but I would but I but thanks to that film amongst other things but that was probably very core to it and central to my development was this like not falling into the trap of being just a jock and uh because like I, I probably I probably could have been I wasn't a nerd I wasn't an intellectual I wasn't involved in a lot of nerdy things I was I was uh I was too poor I would say to be very consistently involved in in the sports teams so and then my life kind of got derailed for for various reasons but point being I mean I, I mean if <laughs> to make my point about this balance of danger and romance in the in the arc of the evolution and character development of of finding happiness and fulfillment as a man that you you really i mean i don't know for for me i just say what what is it for me i need both and what's cool about i mean I want to say enough. One thing, last thing I want to say about that film is that uh, the way that they juxtapose the what you're missing if all you are is a jock is like so well. It's like yeah, Revenge of the Nerds is kind of the same, and also like Better Off Dead, of course. I mean, there's a million different caricaturizations, like cartoon kind of ways that 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 uh that jocks get get sort of characterized or, or made fun of and and they're, they're all useful to varying degrees but i don't i don't think they're the, i think one of the, one of the most potent and compelling critiques about not just being like oh i'm not a, i'm i'm not on the football team so i'm going to make fun of them and yeah they they bully me so i have to avoid them and so i'm always going to whatever just it's just sort of the in group and the out group or the popularity contest but there's a deeper intelligence and wisdom and spiritual development to be had which in which in a dead poet society they they didn't just make fun of jocks like they put into context from 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 the 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 female love interest like what she was lacking in her relationship with why she was inter- why she was seducible by the anti-jock because he was a member of the dead poet society and because he was exuding a form of confidence that wasn't purely physical but that was brave and obviously got him into some physicality that showed, well, he may not be the top dog in the fight, but that he was willing to uh, at least be exposed to uh, to that realm, but in the name of poetry and in the name of love. So there's so much to be said, but I love, for example, when she said there's basically there's when he he invited her to 
not not technically cheat on her jock boyfriend, but he basically just invited her to make a date on her calendar, which wasn't technically owned by anybody other than her, to say, would you like to go to a play? And if you're not already being, if you're not already going with your jock boyfriend, would you like to go with me? And she's like, are you kidding? There's no way he would go to a play. And that to me is like the essence of my sentiment of, of, of finding the balance of danger and romance. So I think it was because that's fresh in my mind. I wanted to pay that homage, but yeah, what's cool. And so what's cool about permaculture and rewilding is like, you don't have to get in dumb street fights or dumb geopolitical war fights or dumb bar fights or even sanctioned tournament matches in order to get your danger on. And you don't have to, like, um, confront nature in a way that doesn't really... There's this kind of bravado for its own sake. Not that I don't want to take anything away from anybody, but the cool thing about, I would just say for me, the cool thing about making a sport out of uh, out of doing permaculture in, in 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 the edge of the wild, or not on the edge of the wild, but in the middle of the wild, is that like all of that adversity that used to come from madness in the city and all of those enemies and all of those those uh, mini bosses and level bosses that I mentioned before that I escaped from, like I get to have a way more wholesome and holistic and mature relationship with danger and adversity because it's like scorpions and ants and rats and freezing temperatures and the sun and all these things that will make a man out of you or kill you if you fail to be made a man out of or to become an, a, an adult out of, if you maybe better, maybe uh, a better statement, but you will be matured out of it and you will face danger and adversity and you don't have to have it be in the absurdism of uh, the scripted social violence and social um, one upmanship that uh, that a lot of a lot of people get their danger <laughs> um, needs met through you know this sort of uh ego driven um very toxic and very destructive so i mean yeah if all of the if all of the war fighters in the world were actually doing extreme permaculture instead they wouldn't be putting civilians at risk poisoning the earth and they wouldn't have to be hippies they wouldn't have to be peacenik hippie dope smoking meditating chanting hippies they could be hardcore squared away uh fit and but instead of all of that strategy and all those tactics and all of that fight energy going into really <laughs> essentially a waste uh, just this this perpetual waste of young gen generally young men perpetually wasting each other on each other instead of that waste 
actually putting that back into a really sustainable investment into the into the earth bank i mean that's to me that's um you know and then if you have to fight you'll be fighting to defend what you're growing and it'll be very like with dances with wolves and which was a very important film for me growing up and what kevin costner says about having in that i mean in the story arc of his development going from being a a war fighter in the for the for the uh in, as a frontier member of the of the uh, the yankee military and uh and then going going AWOL and joining the Native Americans and becoming a war fighter for them and with them and his sentiments on what it felt like to be in battle for something that was not some dark, twisted, political, sort of cynical abstraction or whatever. I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm paraphrasing it, but but he. I mean, the whole thing. He made a, a, a series of very poignant statements about what it would, what it's like to be to basically re, redefine yourself as a warrior who is integrated into the fabric of 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 tribal warfare for for one thing, but for very like to protect your people and your land and your livelihood. I mean, that's just one of the sentiments that he said, but that, that's why I say I'm getting to a point now where where I want to I want to um, alchemize and transmute and sort of hack at that market share of the danger marketplace that is so um, monopolized by militarism in the form of the statecraft of the statecraft of if you if you want to express your warrior defender sacred masculine energy you you either get to express none of that and be completely nerfed as a civilian and you're a LARPing, nerfed, just gelatinous, spineless nothing as a civilian or you can join the institutions that range from the, 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 the less, I guess the more benign in the sense of like first responders paramedics, firefighters, search and rescue, etc., where you could you could really um you could really develop uh probably the best um the best of both worlds of well not not having to what I call join a gang, you know, if and, I, and this is with all due respect to the hard-working folks in uniform. I'm going to always speak um, as a 
not uh, not critical of them but sometimes critical of their of their of their leaders or their or their institution at large but but essentially you know not just out of uh, my self-preservation instinct but also because i've actually grown to have a lot of respect i don't i won't call i will not use derogatory language to talk about police officers or people in uniform and other arm, armed services or or other members of uh, <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll find affectionate affectionate terms of endearment, but not der, but not not purely derogatory terms. But that being said, yeah, there is a monopoly on like separating the men from the boys, and for the most part, the the sort of I want to call it like uh, the the gray area for masculinity to express itself in uniform is probably firefighters, paramedics, search and rescue where you where you may you may not to you may not be trained to do a lot of the boom and bang whereas here's the trade-off if you if you want to be licensed and licensed and trusted and sanctioned and really allowed and really deployed operationally to play with boom and bang and not be a criminal or just a, a criminal and or a sort of or to be sort of um, demonized or, or criminalized even if you're not because you could be very legally LARPing and yet still be sort of criminalized and demonized and then even if you commit no crimes you could still get yourself in big trouble so like what I'm talking about is this archetypal expression of energy the male warrior energy you're either a suspect you're either a civilian nerfed basically criminal or sus or suspected criminal if you want to be if you feel like your true self t- is to be is to be a warrior or a defender you may be able to express that in the unarmed uniformed very brave and very physical first responder professions and um but the trade-off is that if you have a killer instinct or you are very competitive or whatever like i wasn't the top jock i was sportive and athletic but i wasn't i wasn't the top jock but uh that's sort of the funnel that exists you either you either join the police department or you join the military otherwise there's no there's no boom and bang for you <laughs> and uh probably probably it should be that way but what 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 is what is missing in terms of the the um now 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 I'm trying to get at this this sort of 
the storytelling, the spirit of these, of these um, archetypal philosophers of, of, of just the dance of, of um, expressing the, the desires of the masculine to be, to be heroic, to face adversity, to face danger, but also to have intelligent romance and emotional intelligence and, and, and very stimulating lovers and, and all that that I was speaking about earlier. <laughs> to me, like, if you want to be a lover and a fighter and not just be, okay, I'm a serviceman, I'm deployed, I have 10 broken families and marriages and unless we're deployed together or whatever, like, yeah, it's, it's problematic. Um, so, and then, you know, a lot of, not again, speaking on an institutional level, a lot of law enforcement officers are some of the most violent domestic abusers and the most alcoholic and whatnot. That's whatever, the bad apples. I mean, so with all due respect saying that, but, but to me, the danger of, if like that's the risk, how, for me, I think, I want to be a warrior. I know I'm not going to get all of the boom and bang that I would get if I was an infantryman or whatever. <laughs> and I'm not going to get all the adrenaline that I would get if I was, um, you know, on the beat in a patrol car or whatever. But I kind of don't want also to be a professional in the sense that uh, that's my entire life and I have to, you know, I like the idea of of this more of a designer, more of an a la carte kind of a, a thing where it's like, and that's, again, more of that the hero by happenstance kind of a thing. I mean, on one, on, on, in the most extreme, there's like the big Lebowski, the Jeffrey Lebowski victim of circumstance, kind of a anti-hero. But then I think more, more um, quintessentially the everyman sci-fi story arc is that like, it's not necessarily, maybe unless it's the noir genre or whatever, or like, point being the non-law enforcement non-armed service person <laughs> you're not in the military you're not in law enforcement you're not the top jock you don't live a professional life of violence or confronting violence and all due respect and hats off to those who put themselves in that danger I don't think yeah I don't I don't think I think that even the word jock would be derogatory in that sense I would say the the brave um, alpha people who are like braver than me and more sacrificial self-sacrificial than me for the for the good of the people for the peace, I salute them and my hats my hats off to them. It's not me, and I know that, and that's why I'm not there. But but I think that there is a 
in the sort of fight club sense of the of the sense of being nerfed as a civilian like what do you do with that do you ju- it used to be things like paintball but then it became gaming online so all of the fit like all of the, this is the point i'm getting at and this is really the the what the, what the title of this episode is getting at which it's it's been a it's been a, a number of um <laughs> it's the the uh the the different um it's an emerging property to get to the the point where where the reveal is what is what I'm really trying to get at with all these different different things um, on on the on the uh, what's the word different ingredients that I have been different sauces that I've been working on independently and <laughs> so far as I'm saying this but what what the the, the final output the the main dish of all this that I'm trying to cook up right now is this reconciliation of 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 what paramilitarism the sort of um, the the art the art of paramilitarism and from a very a psychological perspective a very personal perspective and to really look at I mean the way that it is uh, that 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 militarism is just sort of um, always dangled in front of the, Ameri- the 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 let's say the American developing masculine psyche like this carrot, and uh, whether it's war heroes of the past or sci-fi heroes of the future, whatever whatever it is, like the uniformed militarism. That's the sort of um, packaging that is, uh, you could call it indoctrination, you could call it psychological operations, propaganda, whatever. I don't think it's that sophisticated. I think it's mostly, I think it's mostly nerdy, dropout, non-alpha loser sci-fi writers who are, who are struggling with that, um, and reconciling that that sense of being like not the alpha male and but still wanting to have still wanting to get the girl so to speak still wanting to save the day still wanting to maybe not be necessarily like the 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 top dog or the most popular person but to have a personal victory that it, that exemplifies overcoming your own demons being a hero to the ones that you care about and that could just be one day of your life you know and it may be, maybe there's boom and bang maybe there's maybe it's not maybe it's because you you climbed a mountain or you planted a tree or whatever so i'm trying to get at like what is this yearning for for the for the the the, the masculine uh the heart of masculinity this expression that is often packaged in 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 the uniforms of of uh, of militarism, whether it's guerrilla, par, par, paramilitary, or or 
or different um, branches of the military, but for those of us who, for whatever reason, chose not to fall into formation and be barked orders at and to be drill sergeanted and to do all that stuff. It's like, for me, I think I have put myself through um, extremes of exposure to the elements, extremes of physical demand, extremes of stress, extremes of danger and confrontation with evil, confrontation with force, to where I, I don't know how I would measure up um, apples to apples, whatever, with any of the, any of the uh, with any of the elite men in uniform. But I know I'm not a dumbass or a shitbag, and I know probably I'm a stud, and that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have it any other way. And so I'm thankful to the way that like the the stud, the militarized stud has been um, preserved as an archetype and not demonized or destroyed so that for me, I was able to pursue that in a paramilitary or military adjacent fashion to where at the end of every day, at the beginning of every day, if I were to be called into action to prevent insurrection or to defend from invasion that I would just as a byproduct of my legitimate self-expression as a as a paramilitary man citizen that I would be fit to serve in the capacity of a well-regulated militia not as a, not to be a poser, not as a midlife crisis, not to fit into a group as a quarter life crisis or whatever. To me, yeah, I went through different phases of of being a what would you call it like a very uh, performative militant, shall we say? But those are the times that I was least fit and and least not that I was like horribly out of shape but I'm way more in shape now and with a way more humble attitude where my where my 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 fitness for service comes from being in service to the earth and and really being being humbled and having a lot of that wind taken out of me that used to go into bullhorns and being an activist and being really windy with rhetoric and and my ideology now a lot of that gets it gets it gets uh it's it's not empty wind it's 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 like the earth is making me strong because i'm working with it to 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 make a living and so yeah i want to play with this idea of like, how do you have good, fit, healthy, strong militia people who <laughs> who don't just say it to get attention while they're completely morbidly obese 
and not for a good medical reason to 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 to, to be uh, respectful to those who ha- who have good medical reasons but for someone to be a poser of a militia person who is actually not actually fit to serve the purpose of what a militia is actually there to do and what is what is there to be like if you were not cultivating the the wherewithal to be tactically proficient and to be fit and to be have endurance and to be um capable of operating in austerity away from the social media and the convenience store and like or the grocery store even like yeah it's sad because again a lot of a lot of um a lot of the the the, the non-uniformed potential american masculine warrior energy that would have been the default militia before um i'd say gaming and social media made everybody literally into nerfed slugs uh spineless like people used to go out and do things a lot more like paintball and camping and just more and even hunting if that's your thing which um i again wish i would have had more i should have had more experience with growing up but yeah we're in a sad state where the military itself is like we can't do this because our new recruits are just basically falling apart like their bones are breaking they're brittle they're weak they're not rugged they're not strong they're coming into the like we have a big problem and so that's even within the ranks and then of course the people who want to pose and like chase that carrot of the militarism mystique and they do it while not having any semblance of fitness and moderation and putting themselves through ordeals and learning about austerity and learning about how to live on the land and live close to the elements all the things that you would have to do in order to be fit for service and not just to be a um <laughs> someone who is uh I mean yeah you want to fantasize about being the tip of the spear well that's a lot different than just having an administrative job so everybody wants to fantasize that they're the they're they're the rambo mystique or whatever well no one's stopping no one's stopping anybody from developing those skills and basically just being a lifelong um lifelong naturalist you know like lifelong it's a knife long a lifelong um adventure within nature and and being being developed having your having your masculinity be developed by time spent doing bushcraft and then that will make that will give you probably a lot of what you would need to survive
as a um if if you were drafted or if you were if you were uh if you were um selected or sort of defaulted into being part of a of a civilian militia all this is to say like the emerging property that I'm trying to arrive at is like uh, this playing playing with words and playing with titles and and so to me this uh, the playing with words fun that I can have uh, by saying the circle circle A versus squared away anarchist paramilitarism that's something I want to play with and, and develop and because I'm sort of post performative militancy and I'm no longer an advocate of political violence and I'm actually an advocate for if it was anything political it would be political ecology and if there was anything tactical it would be tactical permaculture and if, if there's anything involving force it would be the application of guerrilla gardening and that what a force would do if mobilized individually or, or collectively it would be adapting every facet of guerrilla warfare to guerrilla gardening because the force multiplication that you get with partnership with life as opposed to war with or war against life napalm agent orange just uh scorched earth policy warfare this is the complete opposite peace um making path of all of the things that you would have to be physically and tactically competent to do as a guerrilla warrior in an elite as an elite operator all of that training and wherewithal that would go into the boom and bang and the knife throat cutting or whatever like for those of us who were never who's who were never going to be going through those forms of training where the price tag on being a master of the boom and bang and all that it's like I, I, one day of training one of those types of warriors is like more than my entire accumulative net worth added up over my entire like my entire life not just one snapshot but it's like all of the money that i will have ever made and, and, and held in my entire life won't come close to like one day's worth of the budget spent on the jet on the the helicopter fuel and the rounds and the munitions and whatever that gets put into one day of training them so to me there's this gap between like the guerrilla warrior who has none of that legal ability or financing to 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 play with those toys 
but has the heart and and the and the um the calling how do you apply that so that it doesn't go into criminal gangs and doesn't become this like autoimmune disorder within 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 our communities to me that's where permaculture is so apt because you will you will um express your warrior defender energy when you apply that to when you apply your aggression to digging swales and planting trees and then you apply that that guardian defender warrior energy into defending what you've planted and having the camaraderie between people who you would patrol the food forest with and patrol the perimeter and all those things that are playing fort, all those things that you do as a boy growing up, playing soldier, playing fort, those can all be very real with no, without missing, like it's just because you don't have the budget or the, the authority, the, the legal authorization to do all of the boom and bang stuff doesn't mean that you should just be a sloth that's <laughs> totally nerfed because a, 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 the majority of what a soldier is going to do is going to be patrolling and defending and it's it's not all raids and assaults you know a lot of it that i'm studying as a civilian scholar of paramilitarism if you will i'm looking at like yeah, the movies, they make it out a certain way. But the reality is what I'm learning from these people who I'm studying their works, it's like most of it is like planning and staging and training for 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 operations and, and whatever the operational tempo is. Maybe you're doing door kicking 10... 10 targets hitting 10 targets doing the the stack and the door kicking and the breaching and that's 10 times a night you know at the peak of the gulf war or whatever the gwat um some of these guys will tell you all about it um but the more nuanced the more the more um uh the more artisan warrior lifestyle is 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 where they're they're really taking the time and they're really doing deeper strategy and deeper um more um just more sophisticated operations than just like brute force breaching and you know, like i've heard them say because of bad intelligence half the time nobody's there or it's the wrong person or you were given you were tricked by somebody who was basically using you to to get back at somebody who they're like uh they had a falling out with like their 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 uh their in-law that they had a falling out with in a business deal and they want to basically like like the equivalent of what teenagers would do swatting each other 
<laughs> in the gamer community, it's like the they would uh, instead of getting swatted, you would get g wadded or you know I don't know what the term would be, but basically, yeah, you could have the seals come and raid your house because somebody somebody tipped off the uh, the 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 joint operations command whatever post whatever, and they tipped off. And they, and then they, they're like, oh yeah, you know, you yeah, you shortchange me and and piss me off or offend me. I'll just, uh, I'll I'll have you, I'll have you raided by the SEAL team next week. You know what I mean? By giving them a bogus tip, and uh, it's just uh, to the point of absurdity. But yeah, they they talk about how a lot of that, a lot of that was like a budgetary boondoggle i mean a lot of those that op tempo was a lot of um much ado about nothing and uh it's sad because hopefully not too many not too many of the wrong people got killed who were not enemy combatants and not too many of our boys and girls were maimed by ieds in the process of um just being what some people would call you know names on a whiteboard or whatever but you know, yeah, I could go off forever about just not joining the military because I didn't want to be part of those perverse incentives. I didn't want to be pimped by the war pimps, and I didn't want to be expendable. But I didn't also. But I still want to have my warrior energy expressed somehow. Hence, like finding a way to be legally compliant military adjacent paramilitaristic and so for to me the coming from an anarchist background doesn't necessarily mean that you are doing low budget boom and bang and being the anarchist you know what thrower of the early 20th century to me now it's about throwing seed bombs and being a guerrilla gardener and, and and really applying all of the same training and tactics that would go into into um, kinetic force and making that into genetic force in the in, in, in the sense of of permaculture design. So it's an eco anarcho eco anarchism. That's a that's a, an anarchist paramilitarism. It's not just a anything goes under a black flag and let's just riot and burn it all down and all be martyrs and all throw ourselves into the meat grinder of the the criminal justice system and be political prisoners. Like yeah, I've I kind of been there and done that. I had my I had enough of a taste of it. I had friends get deported and maimed and debilitated and aren't limbs broken and years of their lives incarcerated and I don't I got out barely from that performative very symbolic very tactically uh inefficient tactically in- incorrect like asymmetrical warfare gone wrong the worst of it and I think that's what we're seeing again with January 6th and, and on the opposite end of the, from the left to the right spectrum of extremism. But yeah, political violence, when the odds are, are against you and there's a monopoly of physical force, and more importantly, there's a monopoly on the 
Um, the, the asymmetrical judicial battles you would be fighting, it's like, that should be dissuasion enough. And to, to me, it always, it always was, and it always has been, and it always will be. I will not be, I will probably never be caught dead engaged in any kind of political violence the way that a lot of my comrades went, were taken down for back in my my 20s and and what people now on the extreme right are more more often than not getting taken down for and just now having been studying the aftermath of the sentencing of January 6 folks and it's like yeah talk about the uh, dead ends and really an unsophisticated understanding of like even how the systems that you're opposing even how they work so that's a whole other story but like I don't represent orthodox anarchism and I certainly don't represent orthodox squared away militarism hence me having these more nuanced kind of um, more philosophical nuanced explorations for my own for the development of my own character because I want to have a meaningful dance with danger and romance that's not just following orders and being pimped by the war pimps yeah, I mean, see, to me, there's like a, the rebel spirit of that I was trained in by all of that good sci-fi was at like questioning the status quo, questioning the establishment, maybe being chewed up and spit out by it, maybe being actually in, in actually your your warrior, your war as a warrior is escaping from and defending yourself from and trying to um, with wisdom and intelligence sort of um, choose my words carefully here to, um, to, to basically to fight the good fight to fight the what everyone thinks that they're fighting the good fight everyone thinks they're fighting for the truth but to do it in a way that doesn't just that isn't just a waste of the limited force that you have as one human being and that isn't just a waste because you can't go up against the apparatus of the state and all of its machinations of the judicial system no matter even if you were the most honorable political prisoner truth warrior keeper of the oaths of constitutional founding fathers whatever I mean if you it doesn't matter how how it doesn't matter how much of a hero you are in your own 
main character syndrome mystique if um if you if you don't have the if you don't understand the nuance and you don't have the um I don't know what, what, how I would say that what the right word is, but it's like, um, well, you just can't, you can't, yeah, you can't, I, I mean, the, the, the spirit of guerrilla warfare is that you wouldn't go toe-to-toe in the form of an insurrection, that, 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 that your tactics would be more ninja-like, that they would be felt and not seen, <laughs> that you would not just be in arm's reach of, If you're of if it's if it is your enemy, I'm not going to say it's my enemy, but it's like to me the the um, yeah. You, at best, you will be a martyr in your own mind, and you'll be a martyr in the minds of very few others. And uh, you can call upon the tea, Boston Tea Party, and you can call upon the Paul Revere and all. I mean. I think that I think now <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm not gonna say yeah I'm not gonna say I know I don't I don't think I don't think that uh, I don't think that advocating political violence in the modern world that is a technologically advanced surveillance state filled with artificial intelligence and robots and like more laws and lawyers stacked on top of each other than ever before, I don't think you get to be like some commando willy-nilly like you read about in the Wild West or like the days of the Founding Fathers. Like, I don't think you get to just be a ragtag, willy-nilly, pirate, militia, whatever... That's a fantasy, and so violence, the fantasy of like political violence, I said it before, I learned my lesson early on that, that, that it, it should be really, um, it's really juvenile and really foolish, and it's a fool's paradise that will get you maimed or imprisoned or both. So don't, don't, Taunt. Don't poke the tiger, as 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 it were. Again, for me, because this is where I'm at. This is, you know, I'm not advocating. I'm not advocated one illegal thing whatsoever. Yeah, man up, be a man, stay fit, plant trees, and if you want danger and you want to apply force but you don't have the state sanctioning to do all the, play with all the boom and bang toys, then what do you do instead? Don't just play video games and get out of shape in your mom's basement for your whole life because you were nerfed into civilian little people-dumb, little people-ness or whatever. Like, I want to explore the gap between... 
between the, the, the fetishization of the tip of the spear and like everybody else who is not even doesn't have the balls to be in like Fight Club Project Mayhem either and they're just sitting there LARPing from the keyboard they're not even actually LARPing they're like they're like uh, what would be the word uh, metaverse LARPing it's not even live action it's like it's like metaverse they're still sitting in one place and like <laughs> and dying with the with the VR headset on trying to be the tip of the spear you know, whereas, like, to me, that's the gap. There's the people who are the tip of the spear, and there's the people who are dying obese in their mom's basement in a VR headset, trying to express themselves as though virtually they are and ch- clout chasing and virtually be on some video game scoreboard environment, this, this metaverse tip of the spear. And I'm like, I just come in and I say, for me personally just for myself I'm not trying to sign anybody up to Project Mayhem I'm not trying to recruit anybody I don't have a cult I don't have a I don't have a non-profit organization or any kind of um, initiation or anything I'm just here doing me but I will say as a as a student of of good sci-fi of my generation I think about like manning up into the, the the character archetype that is like somebody who is is, is sharp witted and fit and like open minded and a good lover and fights for fights the good fight for justice and, and the truth and like If one day you wake up and you're 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 doing escape and evasion or you're doing a raid or an assault that like that you would adapt to it because you're just versatile as a man. Even if you even if no one spent millions of dollars training you to be the most elite and sophisticated, but that you might actually maneuver whatever comes your way because you're just you you just aspire to be a Swiss army knife of of a man and like that's the gap that I that I want to promote filling at least I that, that that that's just been that's just been the story of my life you know that's just been like what this life has made me into is like that 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 fit for fit for a well-regulated militia service a, a, an anarchist paramilitary truth freedom fighter fighting the good fight avoiding being avoiding working for a, a corrupt police department or a um or or being pimped by the war pimps for any of the anything that happened during the GWAT you know I mean I I would say I salute and I respect those who who did fight and they know in their hearts that they didn't kill civilians unnecessarily and they didn't whatever like they don't racially profile people if they're police officers whatever like yeah for those real men real warriors fighting the good fight upholding truth justice in the american way and all that good stuff and i i i respect that and hopefully 
and hopefully I'm living in a way and have lived in a way where where that they would see that and they would honor honor me as like a as a hippie eco radical sort of reformed extreme leftist who's kind of finding finding um balance more in the center these days but but I think we have a lot of work cut out for us to address this space in this gap between the nerfed civilian and the tip of the spear and if I could put a shovel and some seeds and some seedlings and some saplings in the hands of these men who want to be warriors but but aren't aren't cut out for or or um, or aren't aren't uh, qualified for whatever reason to be the actual like in uniform armed servicemen that are paid to be the masters of the boom and bang toys i want to work in that space of like being the fit for well regulated well well regulated militia not because you're making a fantasy fetish political violence mystique around it but because you're just a good guardian of your nation because you're planting trees and you're staying fit by having a relationship with defending your community and growing food for your community that's what not just the forefathers who were war heroes but the people who really were the agrarian for families if you will the the, the actual uh and and and, and often often learning from and only surviving because of um having having been taught sustainable ways from subsistence strategies cultivated by native americans so yeah there is a lot of there is a lot of development that 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 can take place to evolve this very deformed and very toxic and very pathetic uh, state of american masculinity if i just say that where it's like everybody wants to be the tip of the spear but because so few so few people can be or 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 have the will to be that they just give up completely and they default to a, a to to a, a a really larval sloth state of just ecological uselessness and emotional immaturity and 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 that's what leads to the worst things that are happening that make it unsafe in the public anymore
so I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to petition the government to, to give me money to make a department of uh, <laughs> guerrilla gardener, anarcho paramilitaristic, uh, fit for malicious service department. No, that's not what I'm trying to say here. But I will say like, hey, as a diversion program for people who would otherwise be rotting in jail, yeah, I think uh, I think I think it would be great if if like the local permaculture community were to um, were to interface more than less with like um, criminal sentencing, community service, diversion, that kind of thing. You know, I know I know it's out there. I've done it myself. I've been a part of that sort of interface of nonprofit and criminal justice and harm reduction and diversion i've I've been in that when I was in the urban mix I'm no longer in that mix myself but uh, but yeah we'll just say that like <laughs> I think I can have a lot of fun and be very compliant and express all of that um that that sort of um wanting to be badass it's like yeah you can you don't have to like you don't have to do things that get you put in prison for decades for seditious conspiracy you don't have to do that to me the alternative if that's like your fight if that is like the good fight that you want to fight I think you can achieve more and be far more productive and 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 really um I would like to speak to the people who want to martyr themselves as political prisoners in that way and just say look be a good ninja and comply with the laws of the land and become more of a um of a master of those laws and 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 find the porousness of of the system in ways where where you can express a tactical advantage over the barbarism that is the state in a way that actually that they actually fund you to do it you know what i mean like that's the things that i figured out like how do you get grant funding funding to plant to plant trees in the ghetto that are going to feed people so that they no longer go to prison and the government will pay you for that as opposed to crack your skull and put you in prison for just starting a riot you know what i mean that is like i made this statement once i don't think it's the most profound thing in the world but it's like why am i going to sit there and beat beat the walls of the city with a stick that I break off of a tree until I break the stick and break my hand and then get killed by the thugs of the state for trying to attack it when I could just take a seed or a nut from that tree and plant it near the wall of that city and have it grow and do all of this hydraulic (laughs) <laughs> like a uh, kinetic force 
to make the entire system crumble to me like that the mycelium and tree roots and just looking at a site looking at a sidewalk be be completely um brought into ruins like crumb in, in uh, the force of the force of, uh, of of fruit and nut tree roots reducing reducing cities to rubble like if that's to me like that's is that's the kind of battlefield that's the war zone that i'm inhabiting is one of like natural allies and organic force multiplication not like boom and bang and trying to fight toe-to-toe in asymmetrical warfare with with um with if if yeah if you think the state is your enemy and you go to toe you go toe-to-toe with them they're going to crush you and maim you and imprison you 10 times out of 10 and if you're lucky somebody will think that you were cool or a martyr but like you're gonna be maybe wishing that you had um you had thought through some possibly different ways to express the the uh, the natural instinct to rebel against what you think is um is tyrannical or unjust or whatever it is that's your take whatever your hot take is fact is right or wrong moral immoral just or in or unjust whoever yeah the state is the state and it has it has a monopoly of force and if you If you if you act in a, a th- if you speak or act in a hostile and threatening or or violent manner, don't say they didn't warn you. And I don't think there's uh, yeah I don't think there's um, any. Wisdom in in political violence against the United States government if that's what you think is your enemy, the state. I don't think there's any wisdom in that. I don't think you would extrapolate. I don't think it's the... I don't think you can safely... Yeah, I don't think you can, I don't think you can I don't think it's medically safe or intellectually safe to try to compare the tyranny of the British versus the settlers of, uh, in the colonies and try to say and try to graft that relationship that dynamic on the United States government at large or a party within it and like you and your forces your unregulated militia that's not actually like compliant 
with the spirit or the letter of the law that allows it to even exist as as an armed force of civilians. So yeah, I, I'm like I said, I'm not trying to score brownie points. I'm not trying to be a teacher's pet or anything, but I will say that like national security trumps all and you can be critical, you can be a dissident, but but you need to figure out how to be an asset and not a liability to national security. And that means no rhetoric of political violence. That means join forces if you are interested in political violence, then it has to be political violence that's state state sanctioned and expressed against our actual um, our actual foreign adversaries. That's the way it works. If you don't want to go to jail, like you figure out a way. If the political violence is your thing, sorry, you don't get to be politically violent against your own government anywhere in the world, then you will be destroyed <laughs> if you try to do that. But if you want to be politically violent and you want to do it for a just cause, well, there's probably a way to do that where you're actually in harmony with and aligned with and an, an asset, not a liability to your own nation's national security and, and, and your own nation's foreign policy. There's plenty of insecure, unstable places in the world that have operations going where if you feel like you want to go fight the good fight, you could probably do a lot to um, secure and protect refugee camps all over the world. I'm sure you could be stationed to do that all over the, all over the place and get your boom and bang on and be fighting the good fight without like thinking you're fighting in a revolutionary war that's not even happening. Anyway, I'm not trying to direct this, but I'm but I, I, I I'm, I'm not trying to direct it at anybody who is like, I mean, at the current events per se, but definitely like disgruntled. I mean, I come, I come from, I come from a, from a, a, a left-wing um, a left-wing extremism and now I'm now I'm critical of both left-wing left-wing and right-wing extremism and I'm I'm at a point now where I understand national security in a way that's matured my my like um my my natural innate instinctual warrior energy that says like yeah don't figure out how to figure out how to express your warrior energy that's in a way that's harmonious with becoming an asset for national security And to me, like operating by that framework, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that precludes becoming a, that, that precludes joining or forming any kind of 
agenda or conspiracy or organization that promotes political violence against any like a period within your board within your within your nation that would be violating national security to do that so figure out for those who are confused about what to do with like their warrior energy like don't 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 um don't be like arthritis in your in your own organism of of your own nation don't be like a um an autoimmune disorder and that takes more effort and and thought and creativity Again, I don't see for me like I don't hate I don't hate the police department, I don't hate the military. It's not I have reasons why I've chosen not to participate in joining them, but I respect them, I stay out of their way. <laughs> and uh I I wasn't always so mature in my conduct or my rhetoric. But I'll say now like I don't want them I want them to see me as a net benefit team playing asset not liability who is like making their job easier at home in the neighborhoods in their communities if they're policing or in the world if they're out there fighting wars that they like I'm not in uniform I am a civilian if i was asked to fight alongside them i would be intellectually and physically competent to do that but that but because i am a free agent with my warrior energy i'm going to hold the fort down i'm going to protect the earth here and cultivate health and wellness and resilience and strength and make sure that our nation is capable of growing strong and healthy and smart intelligent warriors and that comes down to the soil the health of the soil that comes down to the type of spiritual and physical development and training and fitness that comes from a culture of honoring the seriousness of violence and mastering the arts of martial arts and yeah i i think if you want to be like a badass american tip of the spear sort of um cheerleader <laughs> you know which we all kind of are trained to be and not all not many most of us will be cheerleaders and we won't be the tip of the spear but in any in every moment you will probably you every moment you have the opportunity to like to to sharpen yourself and to be and to be for most of us who are the 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 stick of the spear like right? the rest of the spear as it were like be 
Don't be a flabby rest of the spear. Even just just because you're that is my point. Just because you're not the tip of the spear doesn't mean you should be a a sulking, flabby, apathetic, pathetic excuse for the rest of the spear. Like be a strong, healthy, not soggy, not rotting, not termite infested rest of that spear. You know, because someday Maybe the spear breaks, and now you, now you are the tip of that spear. <laughs> so I like I like to say for myself in my daily life, you know, in my on my land, in my little fantasy bubble world of like, I'm this I'm the security force, I'm the government, like I'm whatever, I'm I'm everything, I'm the only thing, I'm just me. So I'm the tip of my spear. And I don't have the choice. I'm not being catered to in a way where I could be anything but extremely fit and extremely healthy and extremely lean and extremely austere and always evolving and always iterating. And um, there is not a lot of crutches (laughs) emotionally, financially, there's not a lot of convenience. This is like being forward deployed. And I think that uh, it's not just a weekend thing. It's not just a, a camp thing, camping thing, glamping thing. It's like, this is total immersion for me. So I'm speaking from that perspective. And I'm like, yeah, it's not for everybody. But again, it's the gap between the tip of the spear and the sloth and 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 I'm I'm here to speak from the happy medium, finding my way, and sharing what what makes sense to me along the way, and hoping that uh, yeah I stay out of trouble, and that people who who whose eyebrows are raised at some of the words that I'm using, and look at my history and go yeah this you know I don't know. It's just, it's just an evolution. It's just an evolution of maturing into a, um, yeah, maturing into a, into a paramilitarism that I think is, uh, <laughs> that I would respect even from my most extreme earlier stages of life that I would actually be able to look at myself now and be like, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm, maybe I wouldn't have, I would have thought that you would have gone out in a blaze of glory and that you would have been like, <laughs> yeah, in this, in this great standoff with your black flag and all of the, you know, smoke and, no, it's just like, Maybe I wouldn't have expected that you would, that maybe my younger self would not have expected that I would develop this sort of like, um, this creative reconciliation. But I think I would, I would respect it and I would not see it as like selling out or being weak or being soft, you know? <laughs> and then, 
from the other perspective, from the perspective of like the people who wanted to lock me up and were just waiting for me to make a mistake so they could lock me up, for them to say, wow, you know, something's, some things have changed. He's no longer saying the same dumb shit he said when he was 20 years old. And now he's learned to take that energy and that fight and like be constructive with it and not and not be threatening and not be um, juvenile and reckless with words and with um, even with art. And that maybe there's something, yeah, maybe we can all we can all learn something along the way. And if and if and to me it's about um, tactical permaculture, so <laughs> you know. From my from my most my most violent fantasies of anarchist revolution. From the, from yeah, like drawing a line from the mentality of my youth of like the most gory and horrific fantasies of like total bloody in the streets, riot, revolution, <laughs> just complete absurd cartoon, lack of spiritual consciousness, lack of real complete moral development. Like from that cartoon vision of like morbid visions of anarchy, the the the, the bloody revolution against the against the government, okay, like to draw a line from that to in two words, tactical permaculture. To me, that's like that's like actually graduating. That's like actually actually getting a, a that to me that's like the PhD in and becoming a full a fully expressed warrior and i i to, i'm saying that just in my for myself for my own the only thing that i truly own which is my character my story arc of a character and so when i think about from my i draw the same line to like all the all of the police officers who have like laid hands on me or laid eyes on me, or read anything about me, or to this moment even, for for them to, for anyone to look at the, to look at from the outside, I mean, I have my, from the inside, I have my story of like, going from my first Circle A patch, sewing it on my shoulder, my first pair of combat boots, my first black fatigues and my first band and I mean the first circle aid I ever spray painted on a wall I mean stuff like that like I know that internally of like making punk a thread again and that whole movement I know it from that inside and then from the outside from all of those states people those g-men those badged men, the ones in uniform that were like there 
to prevent me from going too far or actualizing too much or crossing a line between fantasy and reality and art and criminality. I mean, so from the perspective of all of them, which there is a whole, there's a long list of credits of agents of the state that I, to this day, know and remember by name. I mean, I defended myself in court. I've been a ward of the court. I've had caseworkers. I've had prosecutors. You know, like, there's just like... <laughs> there's actually a list. There is a significant... Like, I'm not trying to compare it with anybody else's, but I will say, like... And it's not something that I'm necessarily trying to be proud of, but I will just say that it's like, I feel like I owe it to every single one of them. Whoever were paid to raise an eyebrow about me, like I, whether I put their kids through college or I was just another, you know, um, another thorn in their side, another headache, another administrative like line of paperwork that 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 that, that, that they like w w I don't think I was ever much of a curiosity I was probably just a pain but there is a list of people who were professionals uh, agents of the state who had to interact with like my political evolution okay and like I bet I bet none of them wanted to see me locked up I bet none of them wanted to see me maimed or dead. I bet all of them said, this kid, he's got, he's got heart and he's sharp. Man, what if we could, what, what if we had him on our side? But he'll probably never like willingly join our side. So what wonder if there would ever be a way that he could be compliant and respectable and actually figure out for himself how to stop like taunting us and how to be moderate and but fully expressed and to figure out the sort of the the um The architecture to grow and to thrive within an architecture that's a framework of, is the architecture of like the perfect balance of not agitating but but instigating the growth of of the nation, you know, it's to me like I don't, I don't like, I don't like the idea of like helping the state grow, but I like the idea of helping the nation grow. And if I can do that in a way that does not get me maimed and dismembered and put in prison or killed, and we can, and the, the nation can grow, and the state and the agents of the state can be less brutish and less concerned about me justifying their brutishness against people like me, 
then the nation can grow. And to me, that is tactical permaculture and that is enough for tonight. Cheers.